All right, Alexander, let's talk about the incident in Canada, in the Parliament in Canada, and let's discuss Trudeau's uh, statements on this, uh, this embarrassing uh, incident that took place in the Parliament in Canada, where all of the members of Parliament, all of the members of Parliament gave a standing ovation, I believe twice, to a Nazi. Yes, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's as simple as that. Trudeau, yeah. No. yeah, no, yeah, it's as simple as that. And, and Trudeau has now finally broken his silence about the incident. And um, it's everyone's fault, including Russia. <laughs> anyway, what do you think? <laughs> well, I mean, first of all, I mean, let's just talk about this incident again for a moment. I mean, you've discussed it very, I mean, can I just say you've covered it marvelously in your on your channel. So we don't perhaps need to go into the huge details of this. But this was a person, an SS veteran from the Second World War in a notorious, from a notorious military unit, the Galicia Division, who had um, uh, fought against the Russians, but, you know, in a division that had also fought uh, against Polish, uh, the Polish resistance, and that had also been guilty of all kinds of atrocities against Jewish people, against all kinds of people. This is not controversial. A Third Reich-era Nazi, an actual one, brought to the Canadian Parliament and involved in a standing ovation. Now, I, I find it astonishing that this could have happened. I mean, it is so incredible in, in, at so many levels. I mean, that this person wasn't vetted, that he wasn't, we're asked to believe that, you know, this is all the, only the speaker's mistake, that he was, he didn't really check out who this person was. I find that utterly bizarre. I find that so weird. I mean, I know how carefully vetted before you are, before you are, a, you know, able to, attend events in the British Parliament, that the, the person like this could walk in to the Canadian Parliament, and, you know, and he's of a certain age when, if he has been fighting the Russians in the past, there's only one war, <laughs> to be straightforward about it, when he could have fought them. So, I mean, what were all of these people thinking? But I'm also going to say something else. Given the fact, given the realities of today's Ukraine, this was a disaster that was waiting to happen. Sooner or later, some incident of this kind would have taken place. Given the fact that, you know, Ukraine's national hero today the, is Stepan Bandera, with all that that implies, that the Banderist movement is so integrated into the Ukrainian power structures, sooner or later, there was going to be some deeply embarrassing incident. And it's interesting that it happened in Canada. But anyway, that, I just wanted to say all of that. Let's, let's now talk about Trudeau. First of all, what he always does, he hides behind the Speaker of the Canadian Parliament. He's only the Prime Minister of Canada. He's only the person who's actually Zelensky's host when Zelensky arrives in Canada. He's not in any way responsible for the fact that a person like the one, you know, the, the, the Nazi arrives in the Canadian Parliament. He's not, I mean, he, he's in charge of the executive, but he's not involved apparently in 
checking people who come, looking, you know, have the executive in Canada doesn't, the security services in Canada, which are answerable, remember, to Trudeau, they, they don't play any role in all of this. That's the impression that Trudeau wants to give us. So it's all the speaker's faults. The speaker is being asked and has made this extraordinary apology. It's all my fault. I didn't do the checks. I made this on-the-spur decision. Since when does a speaker make an on-the-spur decision like that? But anyway, that's the official line. Except, of course... Trudeau, he says, he's basically saying it's nothing to do with me. It's a mistake made by the speaker. The speaker has apologised. So that's all right then. And then, of course, he makes comments, which you can see videos of him making, which he immediately pivots. Let's remember, you know, we just push back against Russian propaganda and Russian disinformation. What have the Russians got to do with any of this? <laughs> they didn't invite this guy to the Canadian Parliament. But nonetheless, that's what Trudeau does. He immediately tries to involve the Russians in this in some sort of way. And you can interpret it in two ways. Either the Russians somehow engineered this event, and I can't really see how... Even, you know, Trudeau can expect people in Canada or around the world to think that. Or, and this I find much more likely, but also far more sinister, it's basically a message to his supporters and most specifically his supporters in the media. He's telling them, don't, don't cover this story anymore. Because it's if you do so, you're acting in the interests of the Russians. And I think that's, that's the message that he's trying to convey. By the way, in Britain, we are ahead of him. The media here has basically not covered this story at all. I mean, I haven't seen an article in The Guardian about it. If there has been one, it's presumably been buried somewhere. So the media in Britain, remember Britain is very close to Canada, have basically buried this story. And that is what Trudeau wants the media in Canada to do. And he's telling them, don't cover the story any further, because if you do so, you're acting in Putin's interests. That's the pivot. That's the shift. That's is the shift. Don't give Putin the win. Don't yeah. give Putin the win. Yeah. That's basically what they're saying. Yes. Forget about reality. Yes. Forget about the facts, which is that Ukraine obviously has a problem with, with these types of individuals, whether you're talking about World War II or whether you're talking about uh, the Azov Battalion and, and Bandera, of which... There are Bandera statues, there are Bandera uh, streets, uh, Bandera schools, I don't know. I mean, yeah. you know, half, the, half of Ukraine seems to be named after Bandera and his, his, uh, his, his buddies. But um, they want us to forget about all of that and focus on Russia disinformation. And don't give Putin the win. Yes. Don't make it. it, don't make it, uh, don't make it out as... As if when Putin said denazification, he was right. That's what yes. they're worried about. That people are going to say, you know what? Maybe when Putin, uh, you know, announced the SMO and he said 
denazification. Maybe he had a point. Yes. They don't want that to happen. No, of course not. Of course they don't want that to happen. And that's what they, that's what, so talk about it, talk about the, the Russians. Don't look at what happens in Ukraine. You talk about Bandera. And of course, I mean, I remember, for example, an interview with General Zaluzhny, who's the commander in chief of the ground for of well not the ground forces of the entire ukrainian military of course he's there he's got a picture of bandera on the wall just behind him so i mean this isn't this isn't uh, um, in any way um, concealed in ukraine anymore it is it is straightforwardly there in the open he is now officially to all intents and purposes modern ukraine's national hero it's as simple as this. We don't want to talk about that. We don't want to discuss that. We're sorry if an episode like this happened in the parliament, but, you know, we don't really feel terribly remorseful about it because, let's face it, we know what the truth is. I mean, Trudeau knows what the realities of Ukraine are, but he's basically telling everybody, look, this slipped through. It all went wrong. We slipped here, but don't talk about it, because if you do, you're playing into the hands of the Russians. So does Zelensky apologize or does he ask for Canada to apologize to him? Which which one is it? I'm a little confused on this because in the front row, cheering, clapping for this uh, for this Nazi uh, was Zelensky and his wife. Right yeah. next to uh, to Trudeau. So what what happens here? Does Zelensky um, ask Canada demand that Canada apologize to to himself and the people of Ukraine as because he's the president of Ukraine, he's representing Ukraine, or, or or what? Or does he apologize to Poland, Belarus, uh, Czech, uh, Slovakia? I mean, what you know, Israel. Israel, yeah, Jews yeah. around the world. I mean, which, yeah. which how exactly does well, this work? Or is he just going to remain silent? Well, he's if remaining he's silent, and that's exactly what he's going to do. I mean, if he has made any apologies, I haven't seen them or heard them, and they're so below the radar that, uh, um, you know, as far as I'm concerned, they're inaudible. Uh, uh, and I don't expect to hear from them. But I don't believe he's made any apologies. I, I think that he's so accustomed by now um, in Kiev to being surrounded by people like this that, as I said, I don't think he saw anything unusual or untoward about this incident. At least that's my impression. So, and besides, he knows very well that if he did apologise on behalf of Canada, or if he did criticise Canada, there would be these very, these people in Kiev who would be angry over that. Because as far as they're concerned... Bandera is, his, is their national hero. So, of course, he doesn't. I mean, he remains silent, which is what he's done, by the, the way. That, Go on. Yeah, the guys that wave the, the, the black and, and red flag, those guys. Oh, absolutely. Exactly. And who put interesting symbols from the Second World War on their tanks and on their helmets and all those things and on their on their uniforms and their uniform patches and who give their names to their military units that are reminiscent of those of German units of the Second World War, like Edelweiss, for example. So, yes, I mean, you know, they, they, are, they won't be happy. They don't want any kind of apologies. They don't see anything to apologise for 
because they agree with all of this. They do feel this guy was actually a hero because they see themselves as continuing his struggle. I'm not saying all Ukrainians are like this, by the way. I'm not saying all Ukrainians who are fighting the Russians are like this, but there is a significant number who are, and they're powerful, and they're in strong positions in Ukraine, and Zelensky um, is dependent upon them and is probably afraid of them. Uh, I'm talking about the when I mean the flag. I'm talking about the the two badge. You know, Ukraine has the uh, has the gold and blue. Yeah. And you usually see from the west of of Ukraine the Banderites. They have a flag which is the two stripes. Exactly. The the black and the red. Exactly. That that, that flag which which you, you see uh, you see them. Uh, yeah. Waving that flag quite a bit. Absolutely. As I said, Zelensky doesn't want to make those people angry, so he's not going to apologize or suggest that Canada did anything wrong. Uh, what he is, of course, is deeply embarrassed by this incident because he doesn't want to draw attention to this issue, this problem in Ukraine either. He doesn't want people to think about this or talk about this outside Ukraine. But within Ukraine, of course, it's different. And Canada, Canada's been... Badly embarrassed by this. Well, can I just say? I mean, I'm sure you, you, you know it's you, bringing up. It's bringing up a lot of bad history with Canada, and, no. and I guess you could say some of the some of the people that that entered the country. Well, it did absolutely. Do you know? Here, here's a question for you uh, to, to go off on on this comment. Here, here's a question for you. What is this guy doing in Canada for all these? Well, years? that's a that is an excellent. If he question. serves for the SS, yeah. yeah. I mean, I've, I, I, absolutely, what is he doing in Canada? But, of course, there's lots of these people. Now, I'm going to say this. I mean, I'm, I didn't, I'm sure you've had this as well, but I've, I've been inundated with messages from people from Canada, you know, both emails but also comments on threads in which people from Canada are absolutely furious and deeply upset about this and deeply ashamed. They talk about the fact that their fathers and grandfathers fought in the Second World War. The Canadian army fought heroically in uh, the fighting in, North, in Northern Europe, fact that people don't always forget. When people talk about the British army in Northern Europe that was commanded by Montgomery, people forget is about, you know, over 50% of it was actually Canadians. And, you know, they were outstanding soldiers. And, of course, they fought in Europe to liberate Europe from this kind of... from people like this, from people who have this kind of ideology. So when people who are the sons and grandsons of soldiers who fought in the Second World War... They see a person like this turning up in the parliament. They are shocked and they're very, very angry. And some of them have expressed their deep shame and sense of disgrace over what happened. But, you know, you're absolutely right. It does beg the question of how this country, which took this very strong and very brave role during the Second World War, has allowed itself to become the refuge of people like this. And, of course, the answer to that is we go back to the events of the Cold War. The United States didn't want these people.
because there were American laws that made it very difficult. Many of these people did not want to end up in South America or places like that. There was already a big Ukrainian community in Canada, so it was easier, much easier for them to go there. And that's where they've ended up. And unfortunately, they brought their political beliefs with them. They spread those beliefs amongst other members of the existing Ukrainian community in Canada. And disastrously, from Canada, this has been re-exported back, or so I feel, to Ukraine itself. Yeah, what a disaster. All right, uh, thedoran.locals.com. We are on Rumble, Odyssey, BitChute, Telegram, Rockfin, and X. And go to the Duran shop, 10% off, use the code. Good day, take care.